At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast, the March Madness edition, because we're deep in it. Of course, uh, as I record this on a Tuesday, tonight, there's basketball, and I'll I don't know how much of is it North Dakota State and some anyway I don't know how much of that early game I'll watch, but I'm curious to see what happens with Belmont and Temple and you you know the nine o'clock game is actually the interesting one usually whatever time they actually play it nothing aggravates me more and I know that it's it's a silly thing than for them to list games like the list they, no they do it in the NCAA better but the SEC tournament it's like this game is at 7 followed by a game at 9 which of course is impossible cuz no game lasts more than a minute or two less than 2 hours even the quick games and then you have the warm up so uh silly anyway that's a pet peeve of mine i got a lot of them got a lot of them today uh some things that really irritated me but let's start the uh show with Florida getting into the NCAA tournament, which is something we have talked about nonstop here on the Duly Noted Podcast. Whether they would get in, would they, wouldn't they? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think they went up to um, Nashville for the tournament, and they were a team that was probably in, but one more loss would knock them out. I think at some point you had to look at those losses, and I believe that the win over Arkansas – Got them in. Now you're in. You're in the tournament. It's just a matter of are, are you playing in Dayton? Do you miss Dayton? Do you um, get um, you know so you don't have to play that playing game, which nobody wants to play in. Uh, it, it does beat the alternative of playing the NIT, but um, so Florida gets in, and then when they beat LSU, they advance their their seed probably up a line and they end up a 10 seed and i'm gonna go through that in a minute but um obviously for this team with all it went through to be in the tournament as i i've said all along it matters to be in the tournament it matters um of course it matters to mike white mike white never coached in the tournament before now all of a sudden this is his third straight and he's got a chance to win some games i'm not saying they're going to win one or two or three or any they may not win one uh, they're the, going to be the underdog in every game they play. But they uh, have a chance to win some games, and if he can get a game or two and get to five or six wins in the NCAA for in three years, that's pretty impressive. If he, Most importantly, does he, he gets those guys' experience. And those young kids who have been through a, a, quite a battle, you know, obviously Locke, um, had had up and down moments at, at late in the year because of the injury he had. He was dealing with Keontae Johnson had this incredible coming out party in the SEC tournament. Uh, didn't play great the last day. Missed the three that would have put him in the lead. But you know you're going to miss threes. Um, and uh, you know and obviously with Andrew Nemhart, um, what what he was able to accomplish. And these guys are probably pretty worn out. It's been a long season. Uh, but you you get that second win when you're going to the NCAA tournament. You know what it means. Uh, so getting the experience, just going and participate in practice and knowing what to expect. 
by the way, here's what the breakout rooms are like. Here's what uh, the interview sessions are like. I think it's it's huge for this team. You know, and the further you go, the more you get to experience, the more you're ready for it the next time. Because believe me, you've never, uh, you know, these players that I remember in two years ago when Florida won the that Wisconsin game uh, on the Chioza shot, and the next day, these guys who are already tired because they got to bed at like three or four in the morning, they got to show up back up at I, I which I think's rude to be honest with you i don't think the ncaa looks after the safety of the players or the um you know to me you should you should have this thing worked out better than than having to get done at one o'clock in the morning and be back there before one o'clock in the afternoon that should never happen but it does but all of a sudden you're exposed to all these uh these op- opportunities where you go sit in if, if you've never been there of course most of you haven't in the media nor will i this year but um, you sit in a room and all these media can come in and, and come and go as they like for 30 minutes and they ask you all kinds of questions. Well, you, that's something that's a little taking – you're going to take, be taken aback by that. And, it, and it, it's good to get those experiences. I'm rambling. Let's talk basketball because I am rambling. I'm going to tell you why. Florida – to me, the, the, the one um, – thing in the bracket that really stuck out to me is I think they they blew this involved an SEC team it wasn't Michigan State Michigan State I, I'll, t- I'll explain that too but I'm going to tell you why Florida's draw is not that bad and and to be a 10 seed you can't be picky right but first we have to take a break as we always do early here on the duly noted podcast it's coming to you at Gatorsports.com the Gators are definitely on a roll under coach Mullen and next year should be even better. Winning is great for the program, but not for everything. Did you know what winning also does? It creates difficulty finding hotel rooms around game day. Oh, no. Most hotels triple their normal rates and charge at least two nights minimum. What? And if the Gators really start winning, everything will be sold out way in advance. No, no. Have you ever thought about owning your own place in Gainesville to use for you and your friends and family on game day weekends? Call Betsy Pepin, the top realtor in Gainesville and sponsor of the Dewey Noted podcast at 352-226-8474. And she'll help you find that perfect place for whenever you come to Gainesville. And when you're not using the place, she'll Airbnb it and take care of all the details. Betsy makes it easy for you to enjoy game day weekends instead of paying five-star rates for a one-star motel. Own your game days next year. Call Gainesville's number one realtor, Betsy Pepin, today. 352-226-8474. 352-226-8474. Okay, so... The team that I thought really did not get treated fairly was Auburn. And a lot of people are going to have the argument that, well, these tournaments don't matter. You know, you know, Michigan State, that's the argument. We won the Big 12 or Big 10 tournament. It didn't seem to widen a bump us up to a one. Uh, Auburn's, I'm sure, upset. It wasn't so much where Auburn seeded because Auburn had a very uneven season. They're good. And let me tell you what, there are teams, and to be honest with you, Tennessee is one of them. There are teams that just can't match up well with Auburn, okay? But there are teams that match up perfectly with them. They have no problem with them. 
Um, so to me, Auburn, you know, it's more about though where they went to go to Salt Lake City and play the early game Thursday in Salt Lake City. It's going to be like eleven o'clock their time, I believe. Uh, after you just played four games in four days, I did, why that can't be taken into consideration? I don't get. I don't understand that. I know it's a very complicated process of of picking the teams, but to me, if you're playing on a Sunday, you should automatically be a Friday. This is something Billy Donovan used to talk about, and of course, nobody ever listened to him, and it still happens. But if you're playing on a on a uh, Sunday in a championship game, you should not play till Friday. You should have that break, a little longer break to get guys rested anyway that's not the point i'm trying to make here i'm going to get to all that but i was going to point out why when florida's name finally popped up there were two emotions there first of all actually there were three the first one was relief and even though mike white and the players and people like me who follow this really closely knew they were in or at least thought they were in right you still were kind of, uh, why is their name not come up? And I'm literally looking at all the brackets come up, and it's like, well, I think there are 10, but they could be an 11, and you're kind of watching that all come up, and they keep going through it. And then all of a sudden, you you realize, you look down, if they're not the 10 here, right in this spot, the third to the last name revealed, they're not in. <laughs> and, and there is that little bit of, could they have, I mean, look, they lost a lot of of basketball games. They lost some really bad basketball games, two of them anyway, certainly one to Georgia. Maybe they looked at it that way. We don't know how big the net is, you know, how important the net is. So when it comes up, you feel relief. The second thing is you see Nevada and you go, oh, man, they are good. I've heard they're good. I've never seen them play. I have not watched a game they've played this year. I know, I know about their record. I know who they've beaten. They've beaten up on on uh, some of the mediocre Pac-12 uh, schools, although they beat Arizona State, and Arizona State's in the tournament just barely. Um, they're good, and, and it's going to be tough for Florida. But I, I will say this. When you're a 10, you can't be picky, for one thing. Secondly, when you look at who the other sevens are, number seven seeds that it could have been. Because you were Florida being a 10 was as high as they were going to go. I mean, there was a moment when I thought, well, maybe they'll sneak into this 9-8 game, which I personally think would rather be a 10. If you're a 10, I've talked about this in my podcast before. If you're a 10 and you play a 7 and you win, then you play a 2. But if you're a 9, you're playing an 8, and then you have to play a 1. So if you're a 9, you're playing a team just as good as you, maybe a little bit better, you know, you know uh, according to the resume, and then you're playing the number the best team in the country. And this year, not the best team in the country, the best team in your region. But this year, to me, if you got stuck with any of the uh, number one seeds, you were gonna it, it wasn't gonna be good. I'm not saying the twos are that much easier. My point being, I, I don't being a ten or a nine. I to me, it makes no difference whatsoever. In fact, I think it's more beneficial to be a ten. I felt that way for a long time. All right, so you look at the other sevens. Who are they? Cincinnati, Louisville. You know, at least you're not playing a Power 5 school. You're playing Nevada. And then Wofford, who is going to be everybody's darling, and, um, you know, everybody was so thrilled that they got in that high and they were given that high rate and they had a great year. They're a really good team. 
So look, Nevada. If I was gonna, if I, if you threw those four teams at me, I probably would say either. I probably would say Nevada. It might be Wofford, but it might be. I I'd probably be Nevada, as good as they are. And then you look at the two seeds who you could play. Now, I'm not trying to jinx anything. I don't know that they're going to get past the first game. And since the two seeds, you couldn't play Kentucky and Tennessee, right? They're the other two seeds. They can't match you up that early. So it's either Michigan State or Michigan. And let me tell you what, Michigan State's better than Michigan. We, they've proven that. So you got a good deal there. Now, Florida probably isn't beating Nevada and Michigan. That would be a, a very impressive. They're good enough to win those games. And they're, we've seen that team that just finds a way to go into offensive droughts to kill them. I mean, just in the Auburn game, they had an eight-minute drought that really hurt them, put them in a hole. But they, after they had looked so good early, that's what they are, though. If nothing else, we know this team. We know this team. We just don't know which one's going to be there. Um, a couple of things I did want to say about the tournament itself, the SEC tournament. Um, you know, the Nemhard shot's one of those that's going to stay with us for a long time. You know, it wasn't as big as the Chioza shot, but it was pretty darn big, and it was really um, exciting. And people, you know, all the videos that came out with the football players watching it and other people from other sports watching it. It was really cool. And it's one of those, the further you get it, like I always say, you never know how great a game is or how great a play is or how, and, you know, what a moment it something was until you get removed from it for a couple of weeks at least. At least. Usually more like a year. Like the Chioza shot would have been the exception because you knew right away what you'd just seen. But – you did get need some separation because the more separation you got, actually, the more you realized, well, it was just one game and less than 48 hours later, they were already out of the tournament. And it, and it did take a little bit, just a notch, just a little a bit away, but it's still an iconic shot for the, t- the ages. Biggest shot, I argued that it was the biggest shot a, a Florida player hit. Mike Miller's always going to be the one because it sent Florida – eventually to the final four but that was the first round game to me in madison square garden to get you to the elite eight i think it was bigger and at any rate the nemhard shot something's going to stay with us forever and uh was was a cool moment especially because my daughter was listening to the game in the car coming home from school pulled into the driveway just as the game ended and was so excited and i love to see her like that a day later she wasn't quite as excited uh, she just came bursting into the office, my office where I was working, and said, how is that not a foul, very loudly, and then slammed the door when she left. I couldn't blame her. It was a terrible no call. It's, you know, just last night we saw a terrible missed call in the in the softball game. It's just the way it's going to be, okay? You're always going to have missed calls. You're always going to have bad officiating. You're always going to – you hope they go for you, and you hate it when they go against you. It's really difficult to deal with if you let it get to you. And I was a guy who always let it get to me, and I've learned to kind of let it go as guys are going to make mistakes. These aren't even their full-time jobs. You know, if you worked at a uh, – if you worked at a uh, – I don't know. 
let's just say you were a contractor, okay? But you needed to earn a second job, so you also worked at the 7-Eleven, and you made a mistake with the money, you know, it, it would be understood. Your focus probably isn't all the way there. That's all I have to say about that. Um, no, but I, it, look, it was a, a bad call, but they got a bad call that went their way that really turned the game around the day before, so those things are going to happen. You can't worry too much about them. Don't let them stay with you. Okay, uh, just I, I'm I am more happy for anybody. Usually, it's the players you're happy for. Usually, and, and with these three seniors, these three enigmatic seniors, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How they they're mixed legacies, and they just continue to be mixed. Um, although Kavarius Hayes is kind of rewriting his a little bit down the stretch. He's been such a warrior. Um, but I'm more happy for Mike White than anybody. And and I know it's easy to say, oh, he's making millions of dollars. He's got a great job. He gets a free car, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how, how do you, you know, I, I, I like the guy a lot. I like him and I wanted, I wanted him to make the tournament this year. I wanted him to be able to build on the momentum that he's built with this recruiting class coming in. The one he, he has now, which we, look, we're all seeing is pretty darn talented. They took a while. Keontae Johnson took a while to get going. When he did, he was pretty dynamic and has the potential to be really something special uh, down the road. Uh, Locke, uh, of the three, he's probably the one guy I wonder how much better he can get because he's not a real big guard. Um, But he can shoot, you know. Um, He's shorter than Lee Humphrey. Lee Humphrey can knock him down. Lee Humphrey was a great defender, too. And then – so you got these guys, and uh, you build on that. You've got this great class coming in, and you get to the tournament. Just getting there, it, I know it's never enough. And I know the if you ask any player on this team right now, they would say, "Oh, we don't want to. We didn't. We don't want to just be here. We want to win some games. We want to go to the second week. Whatever. Being there is almost enough with this team. Whatever they do to me now is gravy. Getting in was the main thing. Now." We're all going to be fired up watching the games and everything. Uh, there's nothing like March Madness, but March Madness without your team, when your team is used to going, used to going. And I'm 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 speaking post, you know, when the Billy Donovan era really cranked up. The, I remember the first year that Florida didn't go. Of course, was 2008 after they went every year, 99 through 2007, won two national championships, were in it every year, played in three Final Fours. And all of a sudden they didn't go, and you're like, "What? What do you mean you didn't? What do you mean they're not in the tournament?" In fact, I remember I went to uh, the women's tournament up in Stores, Connecticut. That's a whole nother story because I just wanted to go to an NCAA tournament. In fact, another year I, I went to uh, Jacksonville for the regional four years ago. I guess that would have been was it Billy's last year or Mike's first year? Anyway, just because I wanted to go to the NCAA tournament, I love the NCAA tournament. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work out this year uh, for me. But um, it did for them, and that's the main thing. They're there, and uh, it is so much more fun when Florida's in it. And especially as long as they're in it. That's the thing. You win that first game. Now, all of a sudden, the tournament just got better because you're in the second game. And then you win that game, the tournament got better because you're in the Sweet 16. So uh, we'll see how the Gators do. Um, 
certainly was a imp- impressive performance, I felt like, in the SEC tournament. And it, it's been a weird year for these guys in that they've played better away from home. I don't understand this team why it was such a poor home team, and yet neutral site, they played well. I mean, they, yeah, they went one and two in, in the Bahamas. They won a game that one game against West Virginia. They won a game in Sunrise. Uh, you know, obviously, two and one in the SEC tournament. All, their road record was very solid. But a losing record at home is, is something that's going to always be a mystery to me. Except that it says a lot about the mental makeup sometimes of this team. All right, let's talk about SEC. What's your root level here? Now, if you know me, and I'm hoping you do because you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I have a habit of buying T-shirts during the NCAA tournament. T-shirts basically of uh, teams that beat teams that I don't like, that I root against. Uh, usually it's it's just been Kentucky. Lately there's been some others that have slipped in there. Uh, for example, I do have a Michigan T-shirt, Michigan basketball. My daughter found it. The other day, it says, why do you have this? Michigan. I go, hey, who beat FSU and knocked him out of the tournament last year? She doesn't get that, but I do. So I had a Michigan and a Kansas State one I bought last year. Kansas State beat Kentucky. So this year, you know how I feel about Kentucky. Um, they're a two in Jacksonville, and LSU's a three in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's SEC-centric. That's going to be pretty cool. I guess that's where uh, Greg Sankey maybe will be, probably. Um, and then Tennessee at two would have been a one if they'd won that last game. They clearly, and again, like I said earlier, I think Tennessee, for some reason, Auburn matches up really well with Tennessee, and you wouldn't think they do because Tennessee's got the big inside guys, but for some reason it doesn't work for them. Um, and Auburn played at a very high level in the tournament, got a lot of ton of turnovers. They did a great job on that. So LSU rooting against for a number of reasons. We, you could say it's because of Will Wade and what's going on there, and that they played a player, Javante Smart, who they shouldn't have played. I, I, I don't know what was to gain by playing him. Your seed wasn't going to go up. Well, what were you trying to gain by playing him in the one game in the tournament that you could end up finding he was ineligible for? It was just dumb. It's typical LSU. Tennessee. I don't know how I feel about Tennessee. I've got to kind of let that wash over me a little bit whether i would root for the sec in that instance um or against them you know i'm rooting against kentucky you know i'm rooting against lsu now auburn never been a big bruce pearl fan i i think he's as sleazy as they come personally um he's been two sec schools they both had issues you know and that that to me is there's a track record there uh, so I'll be rooting against Auburn. And I'm not going to have Auburn going very far because of what I talked about before. I didn't think they got a very fair deal there having to play the early game on Thursday after they just got done. Uh, and then Mississippi State as a five, I have no – like I never felt like Mississippi State wowed me the entire year. It was always, They always won enough games. They're going to be in the tournament. Nothing – not – there was never a point where I just went, wow, Mississippi State could do some damage. I won't have them going very far. And Ole Miss, you got to watch out for Ole Miss just because of the way they play. Uh, they're a very um, 
tough matchup, I think, for some teams, not for all. For other teams, they're not a hard matchup at all. Um, you know, obviously Florida handled them here at home. Um, so they get seven in the SEC. You know, I don't think anybody expected eight because of the way Alabama and Arkansas fell off. Uh, but that's 15 in two years, and this means a lot financially. I know I don't want to get into all the details. I know how it works. It's complicated. There's no point in explaining it. But it matters that you have what, how many you get in and how far they advance, and then you get to keep adding that for years, for five-year cycles. So it's a pretty cool deal there. Um, and then finally, uh, nationally, look, I'm not going to give you my picks because I'm doing my picks tomorrow for the Thursday paper, uh, who I'm going to pick. Uh, I, I – I've been joking with my wife that I'm thinking about picking an FSU-Kentucky final just so I can be totally miserable if that happens, but I'll at least have had it right. Um, and I can certainly see that happening. FSU is a, is a big wild card. I mean, they're good enough to beat anybody they play, anybody, including Zion and uh, Duke. They're good enough to beat them, okay? I know they didn't, but they're good enough to beat them. And they're good. They're also sometimes go off on these, you know, where they just can't do anything right. They they play very much NBA style ball, where it's a lot of a lot of uh, guys just go posting up one on one. And I can also see them get knocked out in the second round pretty easily. So, um, oh, and I tell you, you could have an all Final Four, three of the Final Fours. I I could definitely see being ACC. Uh, it's the ACC's tournament. When did the ACC blow by the SEC? In basketball, they got the number one team in football. What happened there? Stop it. We don't like that. All right, so that's my take on the basketball part of it. Let's uh, take another break. No guests today. I'm pretty much going to go guestless right up until surgery. How about that? Just because uh, I, uh, I there's a lot going on right now. We're going to have a lot to talk about with basketball and then the spring game and everything like that. So we'll talk some football after we take a break here on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience. So members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Okay, um, I've been out to practice. Um, you know, it. I think the biggest thing to take, the, the biggest takeaway I had from being out of, I only went to one one practice and only caught about an hour of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to stand in the sun and watch guys stretch. It's not my thing. Um, the biggest takeaway I had was just how much better they look and in terms of knowing what, what's going on. And I, I, I saw Chuck Heater, who was just hired at Florida as a quality control guy. And, of course, I've known Chuck from the, the old urban days. And it was pretty cool. I, I walked up to him, and, I, and this, he may have thought it was not cool, but I, I thought it was a pretty funny line. I said, hey, what's what's more embarrassing, that I'm still here or that you came back here? And he, he laughed, and he said, look, we had a house here that we kept, and we always wanted to come back here to finish out the career. So good. I'm so happy. And he will help Florida. Uh, but one thing he was saying to me, just how impressed he was with – 
Dan Mullen's setup, everything about it. Very impressed with things being done the right way. Now, I, I will say this. He just left a poop show at Maryland, and maybe that's part of the reason, but that was good to hear. Um, look, they're, they're way more organized. They just it, it's, it's a better camp because of having a year. Uh, Florida's going to have a really good team in a lot of areas, but the bottom line is, and we cannot say this enough, and no matter how many times we say it, it's going to still be true and well into the season. Probably. That offensive line could be a disaster. I mean, I hate to say that, and I don't. I have faith in John Hevesy, but they're replacing four starters, and their backups are pretty much guys who were in high school a year ago and should be in high school right now. Uh, that damn almost said the other day they had four true freshmen who like would have been in high school right now as on their second team. That is going to be a huge issue. That's going to be the, the whole story this year. And, you know, last year, because remember two years ago, McIlwain was talking up his offensive line. Turned out they stunk, okay? They weren't being tr- trained properly. They weren't being coached properly. They were awful, okay? And that's why part of the reason Florida went 4-7, and seven, there were certainly other reasons as well. Last year, uh, that offensive line, bunch of seniors. Uh, I think I think Juwan Taylor made huge strides last year, and they were pretty good at the especially at the end of the year. At the end of the year, they were a dominant offense. So this year, now you start kind of over, and there's a couple of holdovers. Obviously, Hagee needs to stay healthy. Uh, you know, you've got some guys that have, have gotten some playing time. But to me, the diff- this offensive line is going to be the difference between seven and five and eleven and one. I don't think Florida, unless there's just disaster, injuries, suspensions, all kinds of crap, the kind of McElwain crap, unless something like that happens, I don't think they can not win seven games. I mean, you got the um, you know the couple of freebies there. Uh, I think you can you'll get to five with the other games. Even if the offensive line is not great, you'll find a way to win five games, maybe six and six. Not, I, I wouldn't argue that. But if the offensive line comes through and they're pretty good with what what we've seen from the staff and what we've seen from Franks, what we've seen from these receivers and running back, they can easily go eleven and one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they can't go twelve and zero, but that's what I think right now. The parameters for Florida football for this for the 2019 season seven to five to eleven and one is going to depend on one position, and I and I think I don't know how that's going to work out. They're not even a pads yet. Um, I saw ESPN did a thing where they they looked at the BPIs for all the teams next this coming year, and they had a 64 team playoff, and that's a fun thing to do. It means absolutely nothing. They had Florida as a two seed. Losing to Texas in the second round. Can you imagine, though, if we had a 60-14 playoff in football? My God, I, I don't know that I could survive that. I think I would just be out of my mind. Now, you can't do it. You can't even get to eight. Forget about 64. You could do it in theory. But it would not work. It just You couldn't do it. Here's the biggest reason you couldn't do a 60-14 playoff. And then, then we'll drop that. Because if you would have to cut the season way short, 
to have this playoff. And then for a lot of teams, where would the revenue come from? Because they're out of it. They're out of the playoffs. You get beat in the first round, you're out. You're out after six games maybe. So, But anyway, and that's silly to even make an argument against something that will never exist. Here's another thing. We can't have unicorn meat. We, it's impossible to get it. And I don't think anybody wants any. Why? Because there are no unicorns. But we can't have their meat. All right. Uh, one other thing on basketball. The, the deal with the women's bracket yesterday, or was it Sunday? I'm trying to remember now. I guess it was Sunday, right? Yeah, the women's bracket came out accidentally in the middle of the day. And this is where social media has changed the world. It wasn't enough that somebody saw it and said, hey, the bracket's up. It's not supposed to be up till 7 tonight. It's up here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Did, did you see – who did they have – where was – did you see something – did you see whether Tennessee was in there or not? But no. Now everybody took pictures of it and, and uh, say, screenshot it, whatever. And they were all, it was all over the, the inter, internet, the worldwide interweb. It was on uh, all over Twitter about teams and where they were going. And so ESPN says – well, it's not fair to teams that think they're in because we ran this stupidly to not tell them now that you are in it, that this wasn't just a trial run or, or, you, or that your team was a placeholder in case something happened, which could have been the case. So they basically said, let's just bump it up to 5 o'clock. So they run that. This would have been Monday then. Yeah, it would have been Monday. So – they run that on at five, and I I saw that the selection show was on. I'm like, what? And then they ran it again at seven. But it's just so amazing to think if that happened with the men's. Of course, it can't because the men's they they don't even have a complete bracket until they get all these games over. One thing that I would like to see it is cool that the Big Ten championship game bleeds right into the selection show. And that's been a tradition forever. The SEC plays and the Big Ten plays. Then we have the selection show, and it's it is kind of cool. But to me, it is it's, it's a little bit silly that you you rush these guys. Why do you have to rush them? Make sure all championships are done Saturday. That's the rule. Sunday we're doing the selection show, and these guys are going to have time to make sure we have everything right. For example, the whole Louisville-Minnesota thing is getting – I don't know how I ended up back on the men's bracket, but I, I love the, the men's bracket. The whole Louisville-Minnesota thing is going to get a lot of press. And why do you have to match them up? Rick Pitino, Richard Pitino against his dad's school that fired him amid all kinds of scandal. Uh, it's not fair to anybody there to have that. You could have probably worked something out there if you had maybe a little more time. That's just my thoughts. Okay. Take a break, and then we'll come back with three things. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Is there anything less interesting or less newsworthy now, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. Less intriguing, I guess, than anybody else's spring. Nobody cares about anybody else's spring unless something bad happens. 
It's what I always say, that no good news can come out of spring football, okay? None. But I used to always, I'm like, I don't know, is Alabama having practice now? Is Tennessee, who's practicing? Who cares? There's just practice. It's practice. But the only thing that can come out is bad news. Now, it'll be interesting. One thing that, that did come up today with Dan Mullen is the possibility of going and getting an offensive line grad transfer to kind of fill in for Florida, where Florida has some holes. Uh, so be watching for that. That would be some good news during uh, spring practice. I don't know if it would happen soon, but the fact that they haven't done it already kind of makes you wonder. Maybe they want to go through practice. Maybe somebody's going to change their mind. Something to work on. Let's do three things. It's time for three things. We start out by number with number one. We have a new um, a new trend here. Instead of sitting out bowl games, we're going to sit out the NIT. Now, this actually started with Ben Simmons. If you remember. LSU would have been a high seed in the NIT. Didn't get in with Ben Simmons and some other really good players. That's how poorly coached they were, A, and B, what a me guy Ben Simmons was. Now, I've never never been a fan of his. There's guys from other teams I really like and really respect. You know, there are other guys I just can't stand, and he was one of them. But now it's Daniel Gafford. Not playing the NIT. No, going back to Simmons, Simmons basically said, I'm not, I'm not playing the NIT. So you, and they went, well, we're not playing then because you're our best player. So they, they took themselves out of consideration. Arkansas did not take him out of, themselves out of consideration. Daniel Gafford saying he is going to go pro and doesn't want to play in the NIT. Perfectly fine. It's the NIT. Okay? You know, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with guys sitting out bowls. I respect people who play in bowl games and who would play in the NIT a tad more as being team players. But I also get it. I also get if you're Daniel Gafford and you had a chance to come out last year and you were projected to be, I think, 16th in the mock drafts or right around that area. So you weren't going to be a lottery pick. And maybe you thought you could be a lottery pick and that's why you came back. Maybe you wanted to try to get do something special at Arkansas, and you didn't. You did. You played great, but as we saw, that team just wasn't that great. I, coaching, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of mediocre on, on uh, Mike Anderson. So that's going to be something you see more and more of, I'm sure, and it's fine. Can't make these guys play if they don't want to play. I personally think I would want to play with my teammates one more year, and you're not talking about football where the risk of injury is is tremendously higher. But at the same time, I'd certainly get it. It's the freaking NIT. Will I watch some NIT games? Yes, I will. Will I watch a lot of them? No, I won't. (laughs) I'll watch a little bit of them. Number two on three things, let's talk a little golf. Uh, watch a lot of the players. Obviously, that's a tournament I used to cover all the time, and also grew up with uh, as a young adult. I guess old adult, medium adult in Jacksonville. Uh, I've told the story many times. My brothers helped build that course with uh, they were day laborers, basically clearing out all the rattlesnakes out of the area, 
Both my brothers did that. I uh, played the course hundred. So it's a big deal. It is like it's never going to be a major. And what it is is, okay, this makes you start thinking about the majors, especially Augusta. Obviously, this kind of gets you, whets your appetite. But to me, for me personally, it is a major because it there's look there are five tournaments I have to watch, four majors and the players. So it's a major for me, but it's not a major. Anyway, it was fun to watch McElroy. It was fun to watch Jim Furyk. Um, it was just good theater, especially considering they thought they were going to have rain issues and they ended up overcasting a little chilly, but it actually went pretty good. And um, Happy for everybody that had anything to do with it. So um, uh, congratulations to Rory winning on St. Paddy's Day. You can't beat that. And finally, on three things, number three. I want to wish a very happy birthday to my wife, Karen, whose birthday is today, Tuesday. If you're listening on Wednesday, her birthday was yesterday. Um, she is the reason I am everything I am, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know that I would eat, I would be alive. I don't know that I would be a lot of things if not for her. And her coming into my life is the best thing that ever happened to me by far. So I love you, Karen, and – Please have a great birthday. I, I, I'm doing my best to do some nice things for her, but I'm not always the best at those things. We were, in fact, when we were first dating, I forgot her birthday one year. I was out. I was at spring training. I was going out with a bunch of guys, and I called her to see, hey, what's going on? Uh, did you forget something? Yikes. I don't think I ever made up for that either. Anyway, happy birthday, sweetheart. I love you very much. That's going to do it for this uh, edition of the podcast. Uh, I got to 40 minutes or so. That's not bad. We'll be back next week, and we'll have a lot to talk about. Who knows what we'll be talking about? You know, uh, obviously, anything could happen over the weekend with basketball. I am so excited about watching basketball this weekend. And usually... As you know, I'm at the tournament. We made a decision not to go this year. Des Moines, money, you know how it goes. Um, so usually I'm at the tournament, and there's, it's going to feel weird not to be there. Uh, I didn't go last year because I had an, an injury that, that put me bedridden, so I couldn't go last year, and that was weird. It's going to be really weird this year. But I'm going to still enjoy it. I've just got to figure out how I want to pace myself. <laughs> You're like, do you go somewhere early and watch? Because you can't go to a bar at noon and watch basketball until it's over. That would be 13 hours of, of consumption. That's not good. I would like to I, I probably, I think I'm leaning towards watching at home every once in a while, maybe going out. Anyway, you don't care what I'm going to do. I got to get out of here. Thanks for clicking on. Appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we're actually going to be doing on the day of the spring game at the home show uh, a live podcast. So come over. I guess it's at the O-Dome, right? I'll I'll have more details for you maybe next week. But you guys can come over and ask questions and everything like that. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to. All right. That'll do it for the podcast this week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And I'm Pat Dooley. I am the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I'm deep, I'm way back, and I am out of here. 